Well, last week we began a, a three-week uh, series of messages on, uh, on generosity called the, the Generous Life. And uh, today uh, we've come and made our stewardship commitments for 2020. And so uh, we do that based upon the theme called Give Freely, and that comes out of our scripture, out of Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. And if you open your Bibles there with me or follow along on the screen or your Bible app, we'll read these words. Uh, Solomon wrote this, supposedly the wisest and richest man ever to live. Now, a lot of stewardship principles uh, in, the, in the book of Proverbs. If you're reading through the book of Proverbs, you'll find these things over and over. They're repeated in here. But Solomon says here, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Now, out of those two verses, we get not only our theme for our budgeted uh, plan of ministry for this coming year, but you also get, I think, what is, a, is a, a spiritual principle that says, if you want to have a blessed life, then live a generous life. If you want to have a blessed life, then live a generous life. And today we're going to talk about the heart of generosity, the heart of generosity. And Jesus really tells us that the the issue about generosity is a heart issue because whatever is in your heart is what is going to come out. In Luke 6, 45, Jesus says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And I think we could say from that teaching of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that if generosity is not in your heart, it will never be in your lifestyle. So how do we develop a heart of generosity, and what are the characteristics? We'll put those two together. We develop the heart of generosity, and the characteristics of generosity are the same. And so very quickly this morning, we just simply look at them. that A heart of generosity, first of all, is shaped by love. A heart of generosity is shaped by love. If you're going to be a generous person, you're going to have a heart that's been shaped by love. And that's the commandment that Jesus gave to us as his disciples today in John 15, 12 through 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. That's the ultimate generosity of God through Jesus Christ as he sent Jesus Christ into the world to be our sin substitute and to die upon the cross for our sins in our place so that we could be saved from our sins. Jesus was asked at a point in time in his ministry, what is the greatest commandment? And hopefully you remember what Jesus said. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I, I think that it's pretty easy to have a heart full of generosity and be a good steward, managing what gives to you and giving uh, what God expects you to give uh, it, because you love him. If you really truly love God with everything that you are, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, then it's easy, I think, to give back to God because he's given you and blessed you in so many ways. And I think it's true to say then that the greater our love for God, the greater our generosity will be. How would we define this generosity? I think generosity could be described as giving up something you love for something you love even more. And as followers of Christ, we should love people more than things, and that leads to generosity. So that's what Jesus did for us. It's the fulfillment of his coming to earth and dying on the cross in our place. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, 
Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. See, Jesus gave up the riches of his glory in heaven, his power and his position. And he gave up that and, and invested himself in us as a human being, and he became poor. He became poor so that we could become rich. What kind of rich is the scripture talking about? Well, we're rich in the things of the grace of God, rich with faith and grace and love in the kingdom of God. You see, that's the greatest display of God's generosity with his love for us. And because of God's great love for us, his generosity should encourage us to a greater generosity because of our love for him. So remember, generosity is giving up something you love for something you love more. Jesus gave up his life for us in love so that we could love him back the way that he wants us to love him. And he gave up his life in love for us so we should give up our love for money and possessions because we love Jesus more than those things. We love him because he loved us. That's generosity, giving up something you love for something you love even more. We've got to love the things of this world and our family and our friends and all of those things. But we should love Christ even more. And if we're generous about it, then we give up some things to love him and express that love to him. And good stewardship is one of the ways we do that. And the heart that's been shaped by the love of God, then, is a heart that's going to be a heart of generosity. So that's the first description of this generosity heart. And the second is this. A heart of generosity places a higher priority upon contentment than it does wealth. That's contentment above wealth. A heart of generosity places a higher priority upon contentment rather than wealth. In Philippians 3, the Apostle, Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. He said, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. That's a great statement about generosity. All right, uh, college football is kind of reaching the climax of its season, going down to the last couple of games, and then there'll be bowl games, and then there's the, the magical playoff for, for the cha national championship. Which four teams are going to make it and have the playoff in the bowls for the national championship? Now, while all that's going on, at the same time this past week, college basketball opened their season. Okay, so we're gearing up. We've got basketball going on. We've got, we got football going on. Now, thinking about college basketball, let me ask you a trivia question to see how good your memory is. Who won the men's NAACP, uh, NCAA uh, basketball uh, championship last year? Somebody said it right. Virginia, who said that? Anybody else know that? You know, Virginia, remember that? Yeah, I mean, I had a hard time until I read this story. So this asks the second question. Who is the coach of the University of Virginia basketball team? Tony Bennett. Not the 93-year-old singer, but Tony Bennett, the basketball coach, okay? Now, Tony Bennett is a fantastic man. I knew as he started coaching at the University of Virginia, he was a man of faith. I think he came from the West Coast, Virginia, uh, uh, Washington State or somewhere. Uh, and he's done a fantastic job at the University of Virginia. He's built his basketball program on what he calls five pillars, and they're all biblical principles. They're the principles of humility, passion, unity, servanthood, and thankfulness. We've got a picture of him there in the team and the trophy, national trophy. Last year after they won the national championship, 
and he was interviewed, he gave praise and thanks to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that was a public, uh, a public affirmation of his faith in Jesus Christ. So he's done a tremendous job, won the national championship last year. So what happens when you have a good coach and they win, and they win a national championship, you want to keep them around, right? So the athletic director went to him with a proposal for a new financial package that would be a substantial increase over what he was making. You know what Tony Bennett did? He turned it down. Can you imagine that? A basketball coach in the college world today turning down a two or three or four million dollar raise, whatever it was, I'm not sure. But this is what he said. He turned it down and he said, I have more than I need. I'm blessed beyond what I deserve. I think that's the essence of contentment. And then not only that, that he turned down the raise, but he and his wife have committed $500,000 to develop a career development program for current and former Virginia basketball players. I think he's chosen contentment over wealth. And I think Jesus would agree with Tony Bennett because Jesus said, be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, and he said, But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's godliness brings about that sense of contentment. Okay, so there's Tony Bennett probably making two or three million, maybe four or five million a year. Anyway, we don't know. But he turned down a raise. He said, I got more than enough. That's highly unusual. He said, I've got more than enough. So you might be sitting there and thinking, if I had his salary and his income, I would be content too, right? Right? You would say, if I had that money, I would be content. I could say the same thing. I got more than I need. I really don't need it. But that's not true. Because you would think that the richest people in the world would be the most generous. And that's not the case. You know the name Warren Buffett, financial guru, one of the most wealthiest men in the world. Listen to how he describes the correlation between money and character. Warren Buffett says, money doesn't change character, but it reveals it. And it magnifies it. And this is the way he described it. He said, if you're honest, you'll be honest with a little or a lot. If you're generous, you'll be generous really generous with a lot of money. If you're a jerk, you'll be a bigger jerk. If you were a jerk before, you'll be a bigger jerk with a billion dollars. And then he went to point out that of all the billionaires in the world in the last year, they gave only 1.2% of their wealth to charity. Warren Buffett gave $44 billion dollars. And when he was praised for his generosity, he said, my gift is nothing. I can have everything I need with less than 1% of my wealth. He says, the people I really admire are the small donors who give up a movie or a restaurant meal to help needier people. You see, money doesn't bring contentment. Sometimes money brings more problems than contentment brings us joy. And that's why the Bible stresses contentment over wealth. Most people who are rich, they just keep wondering about how much more they're going to make. 
You ask them how much is enough, and they'll say just a little bit more. You know, that's the way it runs. But somebody who's learned contentment says, I have enough. I'm blessed. And that's the heart of generosity, is contentment above wealth. And then here's the third description of a heart of generosity. A heart of generosity is willing to sacrifice. Today we recognize our veterans and those who have served and families who are representing those who are in the military. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. We remember those specifically who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their life in the defense of freedom. They were willing to make that sacrifice of their life we call the ultimate sacrifice. Well, the writer of Hebrews gives us a, a, a sense about sacrifice tied to generosity when he says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. You see how he describes sacrifices? To do good and to share with others. And that's the sacrifice with which God is pleased. All right, let me give you another name. Have you ever heard of Germain Bell? Anybody heard of Jermaine Bell? Jermaine Bell. Heard anything about him? This is an interesting story. It made national news. He was a six-year-old boy who was saving his money to celebrate his seventh birthday at Disney World. Now, as I read the different stories put together, Allendale, South Carolina was mixed, and Jacksonville, Florida was mixed. So I'm thinking maybe he was from Jackson, uh, Allendale, lived with his grandmother in Jacksonville. But when Hurricane Dorian came through and people were being evacuated, what Jermaine Bell did as a six-year-old boy at that time is absolutely, I think, heart-wrenching. He took all of that $500 that he had saved for his trip to Disney World. And you can see the pictures on the screen. He bought drinks and hot dogs and potato chips. He opened up a stand. He held beside the road with a sign so people could see the sign and stop by to get free hot dogs and drinks. And this is what he said. The people that are traveling to go places, I wanted them to have some food to eat so they could enjoy the ride to the place they're going to stay. And listen to how he summed it all up. I wanted to be generous and live to give. That is a young man who is now seven who is wise beyond his years, isn't he? Oh, if we could all learn that. I want to be generous and live to give. That's the heart of generosity. That's the kind of heart that pleases God. Can you imagine that? That's what the scripture says that, that we've chosen for the theme for our budget for this coming year. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25. One man gives freely, it gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. You see, the promise there. But based on the principle of generosity that Solomon gives is, you give, you give generously, you will be blessed. Well, when the story of Jermaine Bell got out, and I never have heard it called this, is this true that evidently the headquarters down there at Disney World is called the House of Mouse? Is that true? And I never heard it called. I never heard, heard it referred to that way. But it said when they heard about it at House of Mouse, they invited his family to come and they had a wonderful birthday celebration in Disney World. That was a reward for his generosity. Now Solomon says, you give freely and you will be blessed. 
you're generous and you have more coming to you. That does not mean that if you give your tithe, it does not mean if you give beyond your tithe, it does not mean if you give money to the poor that you're going to have some rich benefactor come and pay off all your bills and put money in your checking account and money in a savings account. That's not what it means. But it does mean that you will be blessed. Sometimes it is a reward financially. There have been many times in our almost 44 years of marriage that Cookie and I have felt impressed that there was some place or some person we were supposed to give a certain amount of money to. And we had done that and we gave it, not expecting anything in return. And lo and behold, so many times, not only would that money be replaced by a gift or something that we were totally unexpecting, Sometimes it would be extra money coming back on a tax refund that we weren't expecting. Somehow the government said, you did your math wrong, you got some money coming back. Sometimes it would be a a, a surprise offering or something that would come. Sometimes it would be a gift that somebody would send in the mail. And those, those are just the way that God would work. Now, we didn't give so that we could get more something back in, in its place. But we gave because God impressed it upon us to be generous. But there is a way beyond financial return coming to you that you are blessed when you are generous for the kingdom of God when you make your stewardship commitments and you fulfill those and you give faithfully regularly generously to this church you help us fulfill our mission of connecting people with Christ growing in faith and going to serve and disciple beyond that you have the 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 simple joy of your generosity bringing to your mind these things you're demonstrating your loving faith for God. Your commitment and your gifts will allow this church to minister to the needs of people in our church and in our community. We will be able to impact the lives of people far from God with the gospel message. Open doors of evangelism and ministry in our community will take place because you give generously. And you will enable people to discover a personal relationship with God as we share Jesus Christ with those who are drawn into the circle of the influence of the people of this church called Spring Valley. That's the result of a generous heart. That's the result of giving freely and trusting God. See, a generous heart allows us to do so much for the kingdom of God as we live a generous life. So if you want to live a life that's blessed, then live a generous life. Now let me give you two challenges as we close. If you didn't make a stewardship commitment today, maybe you forgot about it, maybe you didn't have time to think about it and pray about it as a family, I want to ask you to pray about that this week and see what God impresses upon your heart that he wants you to do in making a stewardship commitment. Now, when we're talking about generosity, you know, we do well with meeting the needs of people. When there's special needs, we do well giving generously. We do well with mission offerings. We do that for our community projects. We do well. You're doing a great job of packing the shoeboxes in. 250 of them are out and waiting for them to be collected. We do a great job with that. But our budget has been stuck at 1.6 for the last couple of years. For the last 10 to 15 years, we've been stuck between 1.5, 1.55, and 1.6. Somewhere along in there, we fluctuate back and forth in there. We've never gotten over that. You see, that's where we give tithes, the 10% and the offerings. On your commitment card, there's a place to ask you if you'll be tithing. That's a challenge. That's where generosity really begins is with the tithe. And when you go beyond that is when you're generous. 
So I ask you to prayerfully consider that when you make your commitment on your stewardship card. You can either bring it to the office or you can mail it in. We provided an envelope in the letter. Now the second challenge I'll give is this. If you've never embraced, experienced the generosity of God's love in Jesus Christ, this Jesus who emptied himself, gave up his riches and position in heaven to come and be, be poor for your sake that you might become rich in the grace of Jesus Christ, then I would encourage you today to acknowledge the sin in your life and the need for Jesus Christ and that you would turn from that sin and accept Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life and you would come be a child of God and follow that in baptism. So as God's Spirit speaks to you today in the next moment in the time of invitation and this week as you work on your commitment card, may you seek that heart of generosity. May you seek God's heart and embrace that his generosity of his love for you and all the gifts that he's given to you. And we ask that in his name for his glory. Father, we thank you that you're such a loving, gracious God. You're generous in everything. You're generous with all the good gifts you give to us. You're generous in your love. You're generous in your forgiveness. You're generous in the mercy that we don't deserve and the grace that we claim through Jesus Christ. As we seek to be good stewards and live the generous life, help us to have a generous heart so that we are embraced by love and that we seek contentment above anything else and we're willing to make sacrifices for your glory. Father, we want to manage our resources in a way that would please you and grow your kingdom. And through Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.